0: Curse of the Citadel Dragon. On a recent trip to the Balkans, I received a letter from my dear friend Edmund, whom I had known for four and twenty years previously. He insisted I join him for the Festival of Christmas and Epiphany, from which I accepted his offer of hospitality. As boys, we had been very close friends, though he always had an enigmatic aura about his person. Indeed, I could never quite understand the complexity of his character and his somewhat peculiar philosophies, which, I later found out, were much to the influence of his father and uncles, who were at the time budding philosophers. Travelling through the nearby woods of the vast Balkan territory, I looked out of the carriage window to admire the mystery of the wooded area. My mind drifted and I remembered how odd the letter I received from my estranged friend. His script was that written in urgency, and at first I found it almost impossible to read. Dearest Peter, I trust I find you in good health and your family are well. Word has reached to me that you are to stay all but a year in the Balkans to expand your engineering expertise, and for this I do hope you will accept my offer of an invitation for the Twelve Days of Christmas and Epiphany beginning the 22nd of December. I pay you reply as soon as possible, as I have a perplexing matter to discuss with you. I remain your faithful servant, Edmund Ivanich." The sudden rasp of my driver's voice interrupted my train of thought. Mr. Petrovich, we have arrived in the village. We are now to stop and change the horses. I advise you visit the inn. Get yourself something to eat and drink. Perhaps you would like to try the local ale. Thank you, Dragon. I said to my driver, stepping out of the carriage and my overnight bag in hand. I stepped into an old creaky building. It was a beautifully built stone inn with a low-lying thatched roof. The warm glow of the many candles gave the inn a warm and cosy atmosphere. Upon entering, I noticed a couple of suspicious glances Expectedly, as I was a foreigner in the village. I sidled up to the bar and asked for the local beer. The bartender, a big ruddy-faced fellow with sandy hair and questionable hygiene, slapped a sullied mug upon the table with the yellow frothy liquid. He stood, shoulders hunched, arms outstretched on the table. Sheepishly, I took my drink and proceeded to sit in the corner furthest away from the bar. My lord... Dragon said, entering the inn. It is better for us to stay here the night than leave in the morrow. Why should we delay the trip to the Citadel? I inquired, somewhat annoyed that this would delay my journey. My lord, you are a stranger to this pass, and do not know what goes on around here. I nodded my head slowly, unable to contradict this. I believe it is my duty to inform you about something that may well concern you. He continued, seizing a chair and sitting opposite me. I took a large gulp of the ale, sloshing questionably in my mug. The taste was utterly vile, but I dared not let the locals know, whom, by now, were staring at me as if I was a highway robber. Dragon braced himself and took a deep breath in, then said... Allow me to tell you of the events that happened in these parts not more than 20 years ago. Tatiana. When the Lord Amos Ivanich's wife died in childbirth, the grandfather of the current keeper of the castle, the only good that came from it was the beautiful girl that survived. Tatiana was as bright and gay as a summer's day. She grew headstrong and was the apple of her father's eye. In her third year her father felt compelled to marry not only for his beautiful daughter's sake, but that he could have some heirs to carry on the um, Ivanich name. A friend of his recommended he marry a recently widowed lady of the village one Carlotta Mecklenburg, who was of German origin. She had one little boy, and he proved to be a playmate for young Tatiana. After two years, Carlotta gave birth to the long awaited son that Amos wanted. They named him Orlando. Orlando was a sickly child, and the cold Carlotta left her son in the care of the governess caring little of his well-being. She instead turned her energies into making Tatiana's life a misery. On a daily basis under the guise of schooling, the little girl would take a beating. Amos was a weak man when dealing with his wife. His poor desperate daughter would plead with him and tell about his wife, but it was not good. All he did was repeat that it was for her own good and Carlotta wanted the best for Tatiana. Civil unrest broke out in a nearby town and with Amos being lord of the citadel he left with a strong armed guard to deal with the disturbance and keep the peace. It was a fatal mistake for the hapless girl. She was beaten continually day and night. Carlotta's two sons Nicholas and Orlando having gained his health would run down to the village almost daily to escape the ear-splitting screams of their half-sister. Many of the old folk in the village said that Tatiana's screams could be heard from her bedroom as she begged her stepmother for mercy. Then one day something strange happened. The two boys did not come No more screams were heard, and the Lord Amos returned victoriously, having defeated the rebels. There was much merrymaking. Everyone was happy for the return of the Lord of the Citadel and his gods. Amos was so delighted with it all. Later that day, he was told that his beautiful daughter had collapsed and died during the night. Amos did not question the mysterious circumstances that surrounded the death. In fact, he asked no questions at all. Many assumed that he knew what had happened and did not want to be confirmed. Eventually, Amos died a rich, prosperous, but unhappy man. After the demise of Amos, many said the screams could be heard and many said they saw the apparition of the dead girl running through the great hallways to her father's study and outside the citadel pleading for help and mercy many years later Carlotta was said to have died of madness after having seen the girl many times in the castle it was also claimed that she became delusional and continued to wash her hands of the blood she was convinced that still stained them. The story was that the little girl is out to kill every Ivanich alive to feel her revenge, Dragan said, leaning back and finishing his story.